0: You're listening to the North Parkway podcast, weekly talks designed to help you take the next step in your spiritual journey. You can learn more about our church at northparkway.org. And if these talks are helpful to you, consider using the link in the description to give. Your financial support helps us continue to make great content. All right, well, that's enough intro. Let's get to today's talk. Who is old enough and cool enough to remember slap bracelets? Anybody else? So great. So uh, so satisfying. And it's right there on your wrist. When I was in first grade, slap bracelets were a new trend, and they were really cool. And if you were like me, you you've got to this point where you realize everyone in my class has a slap bracelet. Everyone on TV has a slap bracelet. Everyone on the other side of the world has a slap bracelet. I'm the only one on planet Earth who doesn't have a slap bracelet yet, and I really really wanted one the problem was it wasn't close to my birthday and we had just passed Christmas and I didn't think to put it on my list but I had an opportunity that was presented to me we were at the store we were in the checkout line and there was somebody in front of us and I looked to the side and I saw in the the last chance uh buy this stuff with like batteries and candy bars area of the store I saw slap bracelets And I thought to myself, this is a big winter coat. I have this big pocket inside. If I grab one and stick it in here, nobody will know and I'll have one too. And so first grader, six year old me, thought that was a good idea. I took a a slap bracelet, I put it in my coat and I went home with it. He's like, wow, he's confessing a crime. Yes, six year old me shoplifted like a $1 slap bracelet. The problem was, When I got home, I laid down to sleep that night, and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep because I knew that I had done something wrong. I knew that I had committed a crime. I knew that I was guilty of that. And that idea that I had stolen something when I knew it was wrong, it just tormented me all night. And I couldn't sleep that night. And and I couldn't sleep the next night. And I couldn't sleep the following night. And eventually, after a couple of nights like that, I decided... I have to come clean. I have to confess what I've done. I have to see if I can maybe give this back because I felt so bad for stealing something. Unfortunately, I never got the chance because right at the time that I decided I'm going to come clean and give this back, somebody stole my coat with the slap bracelet still inside of it. True story. And I had to spend the rest of the winter with an ugly, oversized hand-me-down coat. And, and I've realized I learned two valuable lessons at six years old. The first one is, crime doesn't pay. <laughs> okay? And whatsoever a man sow... See, you don't realize, like, karma is something that the world borrowed from the Bible. The Bible says, whatever you sow is what you reap. And I learned a valuable lesson. Crime doesn't pay. The other lesson that I learned is how very heavy the feeling of guilt is on your mind, on your emotions. It's a burden. And some of you guys live every day of your life lugging around the burden of guilt. Today, I want to talk to you about that burden. I want to explain to you why you need to let guilt come and why you need to let guilt go. It's part of our series that we've been talking about called Traveling Light. As you see all the luggage behind me, uh, we're right in the middle of that. If you're just jumping in, you can catch any of those messages on any of our social media platforms or our website. And I want to give credit to Max Lucado. This series is based on a book titled Traveling Light, written by Max. Fantastic book. And the premise of the book is is simply this, that you go through life carrying emotional burdens that you weren't designed to carry you pick these things up you lug them around you're not even aware of what you're doing but God wants to lead you he wants to be your shepherd he wants to guide you through this life and he wants to take those heavy things so that you don't have to carry those anymore and give you something lighter to carry last week we talked about hopelessness hopelessness is hard on you because of the emptiness inside Guilt, guilt is a totally different deal, okay? Guilt is a heavy burden. It's maybe, of all of the burdens that we face, it's maybe the heaviest one. Um, you may not realize this. I, I, I did a little bit of research. So psychologists did uh, a series of experiments on people who felt guilty. And this is, this is crazy to me, but it's true. Guilt is so heavy emotionally and mentally it actually makes you physically feel heavier than you are. They, they had people remember something bad that they had done and feel guilty about what they did, and it makes you actually feel like you're physically weighed down. In fact, being guilty makes you less likely to offer help to a friend if that help involves any physical activity. People who are wrestling with guilt are not going to come help you move because it's too much effort. Guilt is a heavy, heavy burden, and you weren't designed to carry it. God doesn't want you to walk through life with it. He said this in Psalm 23.3. The the psalmist here, David, is, is writing about this relationship where God is the shepherd, and he's leading me through this journey of life. And in verse 3, he says something interesting that maybe you skimmed over. I want to zoom in. He says, he, and that's God, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake and righteousness is a it's a a churchy word but it's important that we understand righteousness it doesn't just mean doing things that are right it it does include that but it also means being considered by God as being in the right as being considered by God to be not guilty righteousness and so if you're following God through life David the psalmist says that God is my leader, leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me in a way that I have right standing with God. So if that's true, why do so many Christians struggle with feelings of guilt? I don't know if you've noticed, but one of the greatest criticisms of Christianity from the world is that's just a bunch of people who want to feel guilty and make everyone else feel as guilty as they do why do we feel that way well if we want to understand we have to understand we have to look at both sides of guilt and if you have notes you can write these down you fill in the blank notes or this guilt is a matter of facts and feelings If you want to approach guilt, if you want to dig down, if you want to figure out why you carry this thing around, why it won't let you go, why you keep picking it up, you have to look at both aspects. Guilt is a matter of facts and feelings. Now, if you've been around church for any period of time, you already know the facts. But let me refresh your memory, and maybe you're brand new to this idea of Christianity. Let me quickly give you the facts about your guilt and your righteousness fact number one psalm 36 6 god's righteousness is like the mighty mountains it's so far up there you can't get there okay for most of human history humans couldn't even climb the tallest mountains on earth because you would suffocate and die there's not enough oxygen up there you can never get there fact number two isaiah 64 6 all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Okay? The best that you can do on your best day is not even anywhere close. This huge gap between your best and God's expectations. Okay, and knowing that we could never make up the difference, Jesus stepped off of the throne of heaven, came to live on this earth, and and came to offer us this great exchange. Uh, Paul writes about it in 2 Corinthians 5.21, and it says this, that God made Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf. Jesus, when he's nailed to the cross, every sin of all time, of all humanity, even the people on the other side of the political aisle, Cards fans and Cubs fans, all of them, okay, all of the sin is placed on Jesus God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to become sin so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. Now think about this. The Bible doesn't say Jesus became sin so that we could do righteous things. That is part of the deal. And God does want you to live a righteous life. But he said that he did that so that you could become the righteousness of God. So Not only doing what's right, but that in God's eyes, you're no longer guilty. You are in the right. Not because you did everything right, because Jesus did. Write this down. The fact is, God's grace is bigger than all of your sin. Everything that you've done before, everything that you've done since you became a Christian, if Jesus is Lord and you've confessed your sin, no matter what it is, no matter when it is, God's grace is big enough for all of it. So if that's true, why is it that we here in the room still struggle with feelings of guilt? It's because guilt is a matter of facts and feelings. The fact is you're forgiven, but you may not feel like that. And write this down. Feelings don't change facts, but they sure can overshadow them. You can be pretty, but if you don't feel pretty, you won't act like you feel pretty. You can be smart, but if you don't feel smart, you won't act smart. You can be rich. There's so many people sitting in this room, Chris, in America, that have no idea how wealthy they are. You can be rich and not feel rich. And you don't act like it. You can be safe and not feel safe and not act safe. What I'm trying to say is that feelings have a way of completely overwhelming and overshadowing facts. Feelings don't change facts. But they can sure overshadow them. And you don't act on facts. You act on your feelings. And that's a real problem if you're a Christian. Because... Write this down in your notes. If you don't feel forgiven, you won't act forgiven. What does it mean to act forgiven? Let me show you what what this looks like. Okay, I'm going to pick up my guilt here. Ah, This is actually heavy. I think it's full of like microphone cables or something. Oh, yeah, XLR. There we go. Remind me to empty this next time. Okay, Genesis 3.8. The first man and woman who ever lived... The first time that anyone had ever done anything to be guilty about. They broke the only law, the only rule. You had one job. And they broke the one rule that God gave them. And then we see what happens in Genesis 3.8. The Bible says this. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees, I want you to consider this, humans were designed to interact with the maker, okay, it's, okay, my son Ethan has a phone, right now it has no SIM card, it can only connect to other things if it's connected to Wi-Fi, okay. uh, Brandon and I were working on Wi-Fi a lot this week. Okay, if Wi-Fi doesn't work, your phone doesn't do anything. You're designed to be connected with God. And here's what happened. As soon as guilt came into the scene, instead of running to God, the man and the woman ran away and hid. And that's human nature. It's the way that you respond. Guilt causes you, and a lot of research has gone into this, okay? Guilt causes humans still today to withdraw physically physically emotionally relationally okay, we still do this it's it's like any dog owners in the room any dog owners okay have you ever walked in dogs are like an open book to read when they feel guilty do we have that Miss, the guilty dog okay any sorry online it's a, it's a sad guilty dog okay anybody ever walk into the house and the dog is doing this it's, we had a dachshund when i was in high school named teddy And I remember a couple of times, we'd walk in the door and Teddy was kind of doing that number. And we're like, oh no, what did the dog do, right? He did something bad and he knows it and he's hiding. That's still what we do. We hide when we've done things wrong. But as a Christian, that's a problem because God designed you to have fellowship with him. Listen to 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ died for sins once and for all. A good man on behalf of sinners in order to lead you to God. The point, the, the the main reason Jesus said, I'll come, I'll live a perfect life, I'll walk around and be patient with these idiots who still don't figure things out. I will allow myself the king of the universe. To get stripped down, beaten, nailed to a cross, and slowly suffocate to death naked while people insult me so that I can lead people toward God. Think about this if you're Satan, what a coup! What, what an amazing strategy if you could say the whole point that Jesus came to earth is so people, instead of running away from God, would run to God, but I convince them that they still need to run away from God. Wow. That stinks. And that's what happens. That's what the heaviness of guilt does. When, when I stole this slap it's not this one, that would be amazing if I found that. It's probably in a landfill somewhere. When I stole the slap bracelet, okay, I was a church kid. I went to children's church, which, by the way, your kids right now are, are being taught the same thing that you are, and I, I am so grateful for Pastor Shad and our whole team there. Okay? I knew that if I said to God I was sorry that I was forgiven, I knew that I was forgiven. The problem was it didn't change how I felt, and I still felt so guilty. I still felt so heavy. I still felt the shame of what I've done even though nobody else even knew about it. And, and maybe you're like me, and you've had times where you, you say, I know in here that I'm forgiven. I sing the songs, and I believe it. I just, I don't feel like it. Why? Why can't I just talk myself into it? Well, if you could, you would. Anybody, anybody here say, man, I just love feeling guilty. It's great. <laughs> I tell you, every time, right? no. You don't love that. Every time some other mom on social media posts what they did for their kid's birthday, you're like, man, I'm such a bad mom. I didn't even, we're two weeks late and I forgot to get a card. Okay? Every time that you, every time, you know, dads that you're like, well, I'll just put in a few more hours and then you come home and it's kind of late and the kids are like, we missed you. Where have you been? And you're like, oh man, dad guilt, right? Every time you do that, you, I don't want to feel like that of us do here's the thing you need to understand write this down if you want to clear conscience you need supernatural help you need supernatural help you need god's help I, okay you can't you can't change the fact of your guilt without jesus intervening okay no matter what you do his righteousness top of the mountains your righteousness filthy rags no chance if you want a clear conscience you also need supernatural help it doesn't just come automatically it's not pull yourself up by the bootstraps doesn't work that way let me show you a guy who understood this it was the guy who wrote psalm 23 king david okay Uh, david made a major major mistake here David had an affair with his friend's wife, and then when trying to cover it up didn't work, he had the guy killed. Really bad, really bad stuff, almost as bad as stealing a slap bracelet, okay? So I can kind of relate to this guy. And, and what happens is, in song, and we can, we can turn that down for right now, guys, but we'll have the band come back up in a minute. Um, He wrote about his feelings in Psalm 51. So the the Bible records this happened. God sends a prophet to come and confront the king and say, listen, dude, you've done wrong. David admits his sin. He knows he's done wrong. He repents of his sin. And then right in the moment when he's feeling this stuff, when he can't sleep like I couldn't sleep, he writes Psalm 51. And I want you to notice what he says in verse Two, fifty-one, two. he says wash me clean from my guilt and purify me from my sin he's looking at both he says i i need to be i need you to to cleanse my sin but lord i also need your help with my guilt let me tell you you probably no matter what it is that you've been guilty for in your life it's probably not sleeping with your friend's wife and then killing him okay This guy felt really, really bad, and that really bad stuck with him. The next verse, Psalm 51.3, David says, I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. And remember, this is a guy who's already repented. He's He's already admitted publicly what he did. He's confessed his sin. He knows God's forgiving him. But he still feels it. In verse 7, He talks about the fact of his guilt. He says, purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Okay, He's correct. He believes that. God, if you forgive me, I am forgiven. But even though David believed the facts, he didn't. The next verse is not, so therefore, my soul, stop feeling guilty and just get over it, dude. He doesn't write that. And there are other times in the Psalms where David does kind of talk to himself and be like, quit feeling so bad. God's for you. Get up. He doesn't do that here. Okay, the very next verse, right? So he looks at the fact, purify me, Lord, and I will be clean. And then verse 8, he says, oh, give me back my joy again. Restore to me, in verse 12, he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He recognized something powerful that you need to recognize, okay? Just knowing you're forgiven doesn't change sometimes how you feel. And as much help as you need to be forgiven, you need God's help to feel forgiven. And if you're stuck with guilt, you're not supposed to be stuck. You don't have to. He wants you to take this thing and put it down. He doesn't want you to be burdened with that. See, Jesus' blood, the Bible says, we know this, we talked about it before, that that Jesus' sacrifice saves me from sin. We sang about it earlier. Praise God, I am forgiven. But did you know this? Did you know the Bible says that Jesus' blood was also shed for your conscience? For you to feel forgiven? Listen to this, okay? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, and we can have the band back up now. The Bible says the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God, okay? And Jesus' sacrifice is also there so that you can feel like what's in the past is in the past. What's done is done and if you've confessed your sin and you, you... God, I'm sorry. Help me if you repent. It's done. It's gone. The Bible says he's removed it as far from us as the east is from the west. It's over. It's not a pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of a deal. It's a come to God for the rest of the help kind of deal. And, and, and the problem with christianity that the way the place it goes off track so many times the reason that so many christians deal with guilt is because we we lean into the fact of forgiveness but we don't give any attention to the feelings we say well just feel differently kevin just don't feel bad well i can't Okay, if I could, I would. Well, Brock, you just need to be forgiven, man. Well, I, I don't feel like it. We, we need God's help to feel the way that we're supposed to feel. Because you may not realize this. Statistically, in a lot of studies, in a lot of different ways, Christians feel guilt more than people from the world, than people who don't have a saving faith in Jesus is completely backward now i want to i want to be careful here as we close this time i want to be careful to say this guilt has a function and you can't just lop off the feeling of guilt altogether think about just think logically what would happen if you said well pastor chris said feeling guilty is bad so i'm just gonna jedi mind trick myself into never feeling guilty Guilt is an important function. The reason that there are a lot of people who don't serve God, don't struggle with as much guilt as you do, is because the enemy of their soul is trying really hard to convince them they don't need a savior. They're good enough doing what they're doing. The enemy of your soul has a different approach. He knows that he can't change the fact of your forgiveness. Bible says there's now no no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's done. It's done. He can't change the fact, but he can absolutely affect your feelings on the matter. And he wants to push and push and push, and he wants you to let guilt make you run away from God like it did in the beginning. I have one more thing for you to write down, and this there's nothing else that you take from today this is the most important thing you need to know so everybody in the room everybody online you need to write this down I want you to circle it draw a big star around it put a Goodyear blimp around it whatever you need to do to say this right here this is important this is the thing you need let guilt drive you toward God and not away from him let guilt drive you to when you feel like you've done wrong when the weight of what you've done is heavy on you instead of running and hiding from God like you would if it were just you run to him because it's not just you Jesus has stepped in between and he said I've got this one this one's on me there's something so important you step toward God. Something that the enemy of your soul desperately wants to keep you from doing. Listen. Hebrews 4.16 So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God there. Everybody say there. Okay. I want you to think about this. There is a very important word. Where is there? Is there away from God or is there toward God? It's toward Him. me show you what happens there let's come to God's throne there we will receive his mercy there we will find grace to help us when we need it the most there is where the healing is there is where the help is there is where the forgiveness happens but if your enemy convinces you you still need to run away from God Then all of the things that happen there not a kick in the pants you need to shape up, this is a a plea, I'm pleading with you okay it's like (laughs) it's like pleading with grandma please, please don't open that Facebook message for the third time, we've already changed your Facebook account twice people are trying to hack your account, Nana please don't do it, okay I am pleading with you don't allow enemy of your soul to take something away from you that Jesus bled and died on the cross to buy for you the ability, the freedom to take this heavy guilt and say, I should by all rights, by everything that is fair, if there's any justice in the world, I should have to carry this the rest of my life, this should weigh me down, and I should do whatever penance I can until I die. And Jesus said, I paid the highest imaginable price, so you wouldn't have to. It's normal, to of what you've done. And if you have done wrong and you haven't repented, Christian, if there's things in your life that don't belong there and you know you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be looking at this, smoking this, drinking this, saying this, guilt should drive you to the Savior so that you can repent. But the moment that you do, the moment that you lay that down, you gotta, you gotta ask for his help. Lord, help me to feel like this is a closed case. Help me to feel this. Guilt is a heavy, heavy burden. You weren't designed to carry it. So don't allow the enemy to steal something from you that Christ died to buy for you. Lean into the fact of your forgiveness and ask for his help to feel that you are forgiven. Hey, this is Pastor Chris again. Thanks for listening. If today's talk was helpful in your spiritual life, odds are there's someone you know who could benefit from it. Take a minute right now to share it with them. And if you live in the area, come try out a service in person because church is more fun with friends. See you next time.